Well, uh, we're really getting down there. We're uh, really getting close. It's kind of scary in a in a way, but exciting. I had I had tingles at the end of this episode because I knew that because on Netflix it just shows one more one episode. more episode, <laughs> yeah. and that just gave me tingles. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh! Rest we're assured, there. listeners, we're gonna do each one individually because if we yeah, talked about harder. all four, it would be an eight hour episode. <laughs> no way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but first, uh, we got to do our little intro section, Gary. Uh, you mentioned something you uh you checked out real quick what uh, what yeah, was that so for our listeners they know that i have watched naruto and it's the only anime that i have watched and i think it's solid i've watched the entirety of naruto naruto shippuden or shippuden i don't know exactly how to pronounce it is when he's older and i haven't watched the entirety of that there's a lot of that show oh but yeah I really like. We might Naruto. have to. Uh, I think we might great. have to bring that show up uh, again in a couple minutes too. But uh, go on. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, tweeted and then just didn't even look at replies. What would be the best anime to get into anime right now? Because that's the only thing I've seen, and it's been years. And <laughs> so you asked for it's talked about. You asked for feedback and then didn't look. And for then it. just immediately <laughs> clicked on something on Netflix because there's a movie out for it right now. It's got good reviews, and I was like, "This looks okay. sweet." I started watching Demon Slayer. Oh, and it's cool. good sweet. title. It's sweet. That's that's all you need to really know is the title, and you're like, yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's an anime about demon slaying. Demon the Slayer. first episode is just intro, though, so it's just like the backstory of our main character. It's Hell crazy, yeah. and and yeah, but I don't want to <laughs> say anything because it would spoil the whole point of the show. Right, but it's uh, it, it seems pretty sweet. And, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to continue watching it. It looks like it's going to be one of those shows that, like, this isn't a spoiler, but there is a move that is made. And then the <laughs> character that the move is made upon goes, oh, my gosh, he did this. And then he did this. And now <laughs> that, this like, is happening. In your I head should have first seen it. Thing? Yes. And yeah. it's really long and very exposition-y. And I was oh, like, yeah. I am eating this up. I loved it. But it's very much that, yeah. And then it, great action. I feel it's like, like back and forth. Yeah, yeah. The people I know who are like really into anime are always so cool, and I it's it's something I've always wanted to be in, into, but I've just never really, never really made the leap. Sam and I a while back watched a few episodes of Cowboy Bebop, which I've which heard is, is just apparently like the best, incredible. Ever. I've heard just that too. Didn't continue. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. Um, See, I, feel I like... wanted to start with this just because there's a movie out right now. Yeah, there's not a lot of episodes, so I feel like I could binge it and then get the movie because it's probably gonna be on streaming soon and feel like, yeah. oh, I've completed a whole thing because anime is like usually 150 episodes or something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they make they make a lot of content, but I've watched enough that I can, you know, I can watch pro ZD videos <laughs> and all his and jokes about anime and like what, actually yes. understand, you know. And like, um, there's references in Avatar, which are really right. easy to pick up on once you've totally. seen like one episode of any anime show. You know that Avatar is continuously making like shot, like the shots, the exactly. style of animation, even sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't really have much else to talk about because I've just been watching Survivor and Sopranos, but I actually haven't been watching too much because I've been able to see people because vaccinations. We've touched on that before, but what a magical, magical thing. Have we thing. talked about seeing people in the intros much, though? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guys. I mean, this is good a good to watch podcast. movies and TV all the time, but sometimes, you <laughs> sometimes know, go see, see people. people in person. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, if one... you're vaccinated and it's safe. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, That's our one household. Look at the CDC guidelines. But... There you go. <laughs> um, 
one of the people that I've been able to actually like get in person with and like spend time together comfortably inside uh, is my mother. And it just so happens <laughs> that my mother is here with us today. And uh, we realized right before, well, I realized right before recording that this is coming out on Mother's Day. So what a goddamn treat. To this is have really special. my own mother, uh, an esteemed and respected actress in uh, the Twin Cities area, a writer uh, coming out, you know, has some book deals in, in the works. Ooh, I don't know lady, how much lady, I can talk yeah, about yeah. that, but uh, she was the, the wig master at the Guthrie for several years, and uh, so many people love and respect her here. Huge uh, uh, leader in the advocacy scene in the Twin Cities as well, just so respected in so many ways, and mostly by me, uh, her, her, her little boy, her, her sweet little boy who Aww. loves her so much. <laughs> Please welcome Laura Stearns, my mother. Aww. Hi, Mom. Thanks for saying all that, sweetie. Yeah. Checks in the mail, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know well, if I can live up to all of that you just said, but that's really lovely. Well, uh, Super yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we're going to be expecting very, very informed notes throughout the episode. Oh, I took notes. <laughs> well, good, good. Um, well, we always, with our guests, uh, pose the question, what bender do you think that you would be? Or, you know, there's sometimes multifacets, like sometimes how you're perceived versus what you think. But uh, mm -hmm. what, do you, well, uh, what do you think? It's interesting that you say that because when you were telling me that that was a question, of course, being the mother that I am, mm -hmm. I want to say, well, what kind of a bender do you think I am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I know what I am very clearly. I mean, but I'm wondering it's a, if you you're know a waterbender, right? Of I mean, I'm a like, yeah, God, it's like it's pretty bender. cut and dry. <laughs> I like yes. this. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, healing yeah. waterbender mama, oh, yeah. like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, I am a water baby, for sure. Yeah. And what uh, are you guys? Yeah, we we've touched on it before. I uh, fluctuate between earth and water, which is interesting yeah. because they're you know sort of polar opposites, mm -hmm. but. I understand sort of the like groundedness of the Earth Nation, but I feel like in the end, I'm, I mean, I'm from Waterbender stock. <laughs> right? Know? Yeah. Yeah, I, but uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Gary, yeah, are you fire? Too. What are you? That's what everyone says, yeah. and I agree with it. Yeah. But yeah. I want to be a waterbender because I just think it would be sweet to be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the like I when I see waterbending on this show, or even think about the concept of like telekinesis, yeah. my mind always goes to, man, wouldn't it be sweet if you could like have your soda open and you're like laying on the couch and just be like, <laughs> and like bend the soda into your mouth. Oh, yeah. That is where oh, my brain yeah. goes, of course, of all places. But yeah, at heart, I know I'm a firebender. Oh, that's all right. I am a firebender, and There's I'm not ashamed. I shouldn't be ashamed of it. No, because yeah. there's some really cool, yeah. like uh, firebenders yeah. that you know we get to know a little bit more in these last few episodes. Absolutely. At least one of them. Yeah. I mean, probably the best character in the whole show is is a firebender. I mean, Iroh. I would agree. I mean, Iroh is yeah. my favorite yeah. character. They're I've all always the best said if I yes, if but... I were to some for some reason because it used to be I want to do this. Now that I'm like. Uh, gonna turn 25 and I've like figured it out like I'm probably not gonna do this so it's more like uh, if this happens to happen if yeah. I got a bearded dragon oh <laughs> I would name it Iroh because yeah. that's just that tracks oh yeah, yeah that's a great pet name sweet. 
Right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. roll the bearded dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but I just don't see myself getting a bearded dragon at this point, you know? Two dogs. Well, freak be, Charlie yeah. out. Charlie would just sit there looking at it like, what's it going to do? <laughs> and I don't want to put her through that, you know? Oh, yeah. that's so funny. And you just said you're going to be 25. Calvin's going to be 25 coming yep. up here. Yeah, we have... Our birthdays are like, a week apart. Birthdays a week apart, I and sometimes they fall on Mother's Day. I can't believe you guys are going to be twenty-five. It's so far out. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was it's thinking a crazy about thing to looking think at about. this Sorry. when a two thousand seven this series started and came out, and you guys right. were like babies. <laughs> yeah, you were just little. Wild? You were little shits. <laughs> yeah, I still had those yeah. uh, dimples on your knuckles that you can only have when you're a chubby <laughs> kid or a baby. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like yes. really, really, really like baby version dimples on my knuckles. I don't I, know if that makes sense. I'm like I, watching kids right now and like a part-time man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's just like their mom just pointed it out. Now I'm like, mm. oh, my gosh, that's dimples. a very specific, very cute thing that you can only have as like in a certain phase of your life. It's just like yeah. instead of knuckles because you don't have bones there yet. Right. I, I was, I was <laughs> well, just thinking. Well, you weren't thinking, quite that young. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> quite, we're 11, right? still, like, 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. 10, 11, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, actually, I thought it would be really interesting before we start diving into the actual episode to ask you what you remember about me watching this show as a kid. I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You recently started, I, I got you to rewatch the show, but it'd been yeah. since it was on TV. It's it's funny because I remember a lot of it. I don't remember yeah. season three, I think. Because just whatever was happening in the world at that time, I wasn't sitting with you guys and hanging out with you as much. Um, But I do remember a lot of season one and season two. It was kind of fascinating to me to see characters come in and be like, oh, wait a minute. I I know what's going to happen right now, you know? Right. Uh, Because Oh, yeah, Jet. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that kid with the thing hanging out of his mouth. (laughs) Because, you know, our TV room was down in the basement and the laundry room was right there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my room was down there. So I was down there a lot. And I hung out with you guys and I liked to be around you and I liked to see you enjoying things. And I do remember this show and I remember elements of it and thinking, well, this is a good show. You know, because as parents, you're always hoping that your kids are going to make good choices in everything. (laughs) Um, And in entertainment, especially because, you know, your dad and I are in entertainment. So we were like, "Mm, good choice, good taste. Um, And and it was a show that I really thought was great. Yeah. And I I I still do yeah. I feel like that's even an uh, another layer because I feel like Gary and I have started to appreciate more and more. I mean, that's sort of the whole point of the podcast is like exactly. appreciating stuff that we. Yeah. It's like what gave us the kids. idea, right? This show, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. But in taking it like as adults with what messages are being given to kids, but then you get an yeah. extra layer of that that I don't understand and won't probably for a while, uh, yeah. if ever. Of having kids and seeing what they are intaking. I, I just think that's super interesting. Well, it's and- interesting for me watching it now, too, with how much the world has changed yeah. since 2007 sure. and how much you've changed. You know, yeah. you as an adult are such a different, both of you guys are so different, and yet you're still you. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember cool. thinking about that show and just because I am who I am and I'm, you know, I'm a feminist. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I am I'm proud. Um, whoa, and whoa, and then whoa, I, whoa. I oh, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know that, Gary. Sorry. Uh, this show is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah, yeah. if this is the place for that. Uh. <laughs> but uh, when when 
Tucker and Calvin were little, I really focused a lot on making sure that they watched things that the media that they took in included strong female characters. Yeah. So when they loved the movie Mulan, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we watched Star Trek Voyager and that had the female, yeah. you know, captain and right. so I like that there are good strong female characters in this even though there's still you know it's still a patriarchal structure oh, sure. and probably all that stuff yeah. but yep. um, written by a bunch of dudes mostly yeah, but the best yeah. episodes as we now are concluding it uh-huh. can't we can kind of just like agree the best episodes were directed by lauren mcmullen oh yeah yeah i don't know how much you were uh listening mom but we realized she was only really in season one and two but literally like every time it was mm-hmm. like oh this is a landmark fantastic episode it was directed by lauren mcmullen wow cool um yeah, but anyway. uh, we are now on season three, so I think it's time to get into the uh, the meat, the uh, the black bean patty of the show. <laughs> black bean patty. I like it. I like the black bean patty thing. I, I it makes me want a black bean patty, and I don't think I would ever. <laughs> I'll ever have a black bean patty. But when we do this show, and you say that, my mouth waters. They're pretty good, which yeah. is great because it prepares me. For this recap, yeah, well, which I didn't uh, write anything on because I don't need to. It's the easiest. It's episode. pretty easy. Uh, just uh, so you know, listeners, uh, before that, uh, you're listening to a new lens. Uh, longtime listeners are probably like, "Yeah, yeah, get this sentence out of the way." But new listeners, you're listening to a new lens. My name's Galvin. Gary and I started to, this podcast to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We are on the 17th episode of season three of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Ember Island Players. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's where we're at. And you know what? Let's just kick it right off. Gary, hit us with that recap. So I think I kind of want to recap it starting with the previously on because i think it was an initial it was a weird experience for me kind of going into this being like oh and then what it actually ends up being is like not really i don't know it's or maybe it will be maybe i'll find out through us talking about it that we'll see but anyway the previously on shows all of the previous examples of what ember island is and they really brought drive home that line of the ember island will give you a clean slate and then we cut to the gang finding a poster for a play being put on about all of the things they've done thus far this is the recap episode yeah every episode every tv show like on network television has one of these and i think that this is just their riff on that we watch Mm -hmm. a play that shows most of what happened we miss a little bit of it during uh a scene where ang kind of tackles his emotions with katara and right uh we'll definitely talk more about that we have a little exchange with Toph and zuko and then the play ends and they all don't like it and that's the end of the episode and <laughs> i think literally it. that's a good recap but i i watching it was like i'm still feeling very much like there's a lot to talk about here and i've always felt yeah. like that and uh I think, Calvin, before we got into this whole show, before we even started watching it, you were, like, nervous about this Ember one. Island players. Yes, this is, I will admit, for a long time, this has been my least favorite episode of the show. Understandable, man. I get I, it. I, I will say, I think now, it's, in my opinion, it's better than The Great Divide. 
<laughs> which <laughs> that is just a bad episode. Just a bad episode. But in our opinions, uh, right? We, our most previous people guest agree. Avatar, I think. <laughs> uh, podcast. Oh, one, yip yip. Yeah. Uh, they like it. That's and right. I am that's right. Cool. With yeah, that. I respect Tyler. Hope you, know, you guys are but, still uh, uh, on board and listening. And if you are, <laughs> shout outs. Shout out. If yeah, not, no crazy. Uh, go check out the Avatar podcast. Yip yip. Like they're. They, they do good stuff it's over very there. Good. Um, yeah. But we're allowed to have different opinions. Um, and I got to say, I respected this episode way more this time than I feel like I ever have. Yay. Yeah. I just think it doesn't fit in the show. I just it's think. Still and I know what it's what it like, is. I know it's like a classic thing to do like a recap episode. I just feel like it's so meta that it it just. I don't think it fits. I don't. Yeah, that's. Uh, I. I. I'm holding fast to that opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess let's let's start just getting into uh, the black bean pat. <laughs> I love get it. Let's the... get into the black bean pat 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 pat. Um, we've got our first shot. Well, right after the. I'm glad you actually brought up the the recap stuff, Gary, because uh, especially the like clean slate thing and how that's sort of proven wrong. You really I think feel that's like oh, very interesting. Are we about to go? In my head, I was like, if I were watching this show for the first time, they're about to go to the Ember Island to hide out, and before this last episode, they're about to have a you know like a bonfire scene as right. the as the Avatar game. This is where the beach episode goes. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Pretty much is exactly what I was thinking going into this. But before we even dive in, I think that the thing that that makes this episode episode feel jarring is that I just don't like any recap episode of any show. I always skip them. And I never go. Maybe it's a generational thing. And like there's like a whole generation of like sitcoms or just like network television where it's like you need a recap episode. It makes me cry when I see that. And this is like making fun of that, but I agree that like it doesn't feel quite right. But for me, it's because it never feels right when that happens. Like when all of a sudden the characters like remember that one time when we did right. that thing. It's like right. we've never ever <laughs> talked about things before. Why are you right. suddenly so remembering in yeah. lot, like for a whole hour? It feels weird. Well, what do That's you think, my Mom? Take. The the whole recap episode well, phenomenon. It, it's funny because I think that's true that most TV series have that moment where they, they look back. Right. And I've always thought of that as like, this is the week that the writers had off. So, right. or, you know, like the junior That's, writers are going to write this episode so that, you know, we right. can just like, go give them something easy to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um, the only thing they have to write is the in-between stuff. Right. Yeah. But I actually, having watched this again uh, today to just refresh my memory, there is a lot going on in yeah. this that, Kids are not paying attention to, right? But when you totally. listen, when you watch it through through the lens of an adult, <laughs> oh. you recognize the propaganda. Yeah, that yes. they are, which isn't necessarily going to land when you're twelve. Sure, but when you're watching it through this uh, perspective, yeah, it's like whoa, this is such a propaganda piece. What they're That's with true. the play. So I think it's it's far more nuanced and interesting than just a look back. Yeah, it really does. True. And it's also super interesting what they choose not to include in their play. Right. 
Yeah. That's something that I was hoping we would kind of get into because I, as I was watching it, I was like, huh, like they even have a moment where they're like, what did I miss? And they're like, oh, just this, Nothing. this, and this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. oh, you know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's get into the beat by beat because I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we open up on Zuko and Aang practicing. And basically, I feel like this is just establishing like, yeah, Aang, they've been practicing. Aang's a firebender now, you know, because they're yep. both just in line with each other. That this episode won't be able to have any real stuff going on. And the next episode is the last one. So we can't just have Aang all of a sudden be a firebender. Right. Let's introduce it slowly by having an intro scene with it. Right. And it's satisfying too, though. It looks nice. It's real pretty. I like firebending <laughs> at night and firebending in general. Yeah. Was I, this scene? Wait, was this scene at night? It was during the day, but you know, firebending at night's cool too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I think of this whole episode being at night. <laughs> yeah. I love the way they conclude and like take a deep breath and bow to each other and just like finish off their, you know, clearly practicing forms and stuff like that. Um, rehearsed forms. And a demonstration um, of respect. Like these two characters right. are actually really starting to gel together and you go, oh, look at them being all like yeah. polite and, and respectful. It yeah. feels like Aang and Katara training more than mm-hmm. right. uh, yeah. it ever has before. Totally. Aang and Toph is just a different beast, though. Because that's just, <laughs> yeah. she'll just punch him when they're done. And he'll right, be like, yeah. yeah. Um, they bring up the fact that they're staying at Zuko's family's right. like, getaway home at Ember Island. They're hiding in the Fire Lord's own house from the Fire Lord. And uh, Zuko talking about how, you know, he's not going to come here. He hasn't been here since our family was like happy together, which was a long time ago, which is. Just, I don't know, just an interesting way of putting that. And I think, you know, I'm just sort of realizing in the moment, I think this might even be in indicating a little bit like the Fire Lord doesn't want to come back here. You know, like that is an indication yeah. of his own yes. personal processing. Like he doesn't want to go backwards to this time. He wants to dominate the world, you know? Right. And Zuko even says, back to a time when our family was actually happy. Right. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. a really you know, potent, potent statement right there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you were to go back to this place, it might be the only thing that could make him like, you know, crumble a little bit. Right. Not necessarily even crumble, but just like, this is a, a character. I don't know. This kind of reveals that it's more than just uh, the A New Hope Darth Vader. It's like <laughs> Empire Strikes Back Darth Vader. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, I love that Suki and Sokka rush in and like they've just been spending time together. And that's been sort of laid throughout these episodes. I feel like they've done that relationship pretty well, but I like the fact that they show like, no, they really enjoy each other and they're just like spending a lot of time together. And while they were in town, they found this poster for a play that is being put on about them. And the poster already is kind of funny because it's in its a little bit of its own art style. And the like actors are on the front page and they've got like, you know, they're all making like faces. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Um, Apparently it's a riff on the season one like DVD cover. Like the first. Oh, that oh, tracks that? because it's also called. The Boy in the Iceberg, which is the That's name so of the funny. very first episode of the show. Huh. Again, there's a lot of meta stuff in here uh, that 
I, I noticed and will touch on. Um, <laughs> I love Zuko. W- once they say that the play is being put on by the Ember Island players, <laughs> title of the episode, uh, Zuko <laughs> says, oh, God, they all... Uh, I, he doesn't say God. <laughs> he goes, oh, my parents always brought me to the Ember Island players. And I remember when they just butchered love amongst the dragons. <laughs> uh, fun fact, someone in the show that Brian Konietzko and Michael DiMartino made after this, The Dragon Prince, someone is reading a book called uh, Love Amongst the Dragons. So they, Oh, that's I'm awesome. going to put that little thing in there. And that's from this little side comment from Zuko. But uh, they decide to go see what it's all about. And I love Sokka saying, what do you mean? This is exactly the kind of wacky, time-wasting nonsense that I've been missing. (laughs) Very Sokka. Very Sokka. I like that they describe it as uh, written by uh, a surprisingly knowledgeable merchant of cabbage. I love how they pull that character in. That's right. We sort of lose that for a while. You don't see the, and then all of a sudden yeah. you see him at some place that they land. You go, oh, the, the cabbage right. guy, right? So I just yeah. love that poor they bring guy him in has too. had just the worst luck, and it <laughs> ended cabbages. up turning maybe a dime on him because like he just sold he probably, all of this yeah, for like some mad right. His story to these playwrights, but that is cool. I, I'm not sure I even totally registered that that like. They wrote this play from getting testimonial from like a ton of different people, and yeah, that's how they yeah. know all these stories. Right. They still include details in the play that's sort of like, well, how do how they fucking know that? But, um, well, we find that out. Uh, they they get to the play, and, and they're starting to sit down, and uh, I think Toph sits down, and then Katara sits down, and Ang goes to sit next to Katara, and Zuko just, like, kind of rudely, like, was he doing this on purpose? Because he seems like, you know, he doesn't recognize what happens, but he kind of shoves himself in between Ang. Absolutely, yeah. The probably. internet wants to believe that Zuko really wants to sit by Katara here. Yeah, I don't know though. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's just for the. For the Aang reaction more than the Zuko action, if that I, makes yeah. sense. I'm agreeing with that. Just and the, if, He's like, what? Just right. sit down. You know? It fits with Zuko, Zuko that he was yeah. just like getting to yeah. the seat. Play's going to start. Sit down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if there, if there are six chairs and six people to Zuko, it's always musical chairs. Right. <laughs> it's just like there are no, no fucking around here. Well, he's a prince too, so just like he sits where he wants true. to, you know. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing about Zuko that is so, uh, it like says so much about the way he acts, but it's so easy to forget and just play off as like he's an arrogant, like prick sometimes. But <laughs> right. like he's literally royalty and was yeah. raised as yeah. an arrogant prick, that's and right. we got Kinda... to see that, like when he went yeah. back home. Yeah. Um, well, the curtain raises and we see these actors of Katara and Sokka. Uh, and um, I love Sokka. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the the actor Sokka is really funny. Throughout, I'd like to, they brought in a bunch of actors to play these actors. And mm-hmm. I just want to touch on some of them because I, I just think it's really interesting. 
um, Scott Menville plays Sokka, and he's he's just such a distinct voice. He's played a couple different characters in the show. He was uh, the Ganjin. He was one of the Ganjin tribesmen in uh, the episode that shall not be named, <laughs> The Great Divide. Um, you named it. <laughs> yeah, I did. He plays Malu in The Deserter, who's like the sort of fire trick guy at the oh, fire fair so that they go to. Robin on Teen Titans or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. I or yeah, guy? I think it. Yeah, or I one think, of those shows. He, he was Robin, Robin once. Yeah. Um, and the great actor. The the act the person who plays the actor playing Katara is Gray Delisle, who plays uh, Azula. So she mm, is doing no Katara's way. voice, which is interesting. She's an wow. incredible voice actor. I've found her name on so many things where because she has a very distinct voice that she kind of uses for Azula that I've heard in other shows. Like, oh, Gary, we haven't talked about Invincible, have we? We'll talk no. about we'll talk about that on the next episode. She next plays week, some, guys. Some they're all like, on... wait, <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Sorry, but, um, you'll have to wait till next week. But yeah, here they are in the boat, and immediately we see the role that Sokka plays, which is true, in especially in the beginning of the show. He's like, "Is there any food? I'm starving." <laughs> And everybody laughs, and it is kind of like, yeah, that was me at the beginning of the show, though. That, that yeah. like, when we look back at our was early a lot of episodes, the jokes. so many of the shit that made us laugh were food jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh here, too, though, being, like, I don't know. It's It, it rides a line so perfectly, because shit like this is so easily, like, not funny, you know? Making fun yeah. of the jokes That's that the, are in, you know? I don't think it works for me, though. Especially, like... Oh, see, it this... really works for me. I was laughing my ass off for a lot of this episode. Especially but with most, Katara, I most though. of the comedy... See, Katara makes me laugh very hard. Really? I'm like, oh, my God. It's like... It's like... Okay, let me explain my point there. Because it can <laughs> okay. be very... Taken okay. very, like, okay. oh, you're All shitty. Right. <laughs> so, it's like Michael Scott on The Office. I laugh at it because I'm like, this is not okay. And Okay, it's, sure. And the first two seasons. Because eventually yeah. The Office kind of changes a little bit. I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I, if I drive with that. But I really like I the idea that... The Fire Nation sees Katara as that, and she's probably their biggest threat. Right. Like, easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and true. they're like, it's so much hope. And I just right. find that line. And it's just, that is how so many, uh, like, women are wrote, are written in mm-hmm. uh, fantasy media specifically, but yeah. just like, I don't know, a lot. And I think I'm a little bit like, some dudes wrote a uh, a joke about how their female character is better than most and that's a little bit like i don't know how i feel about that but what? overall it makes me laugh cuz i'm just like the fire nation are just such idiots that this is their portrayal of like the most badass character we have you know and she was a little yeah. bit you know emotional mm-hmm. in those early episodes too like sokka i think that's a big thing that they're riffing on is like the first episode we didn't really know exactly what we were doing but this whole play are those characters, you know? Right. Well, there's Except they they, they, sh- they shove them into trope. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So they they have the damsel in distress. They have, you right. know, the quirky sidekick. They have all these different things that they push them into, and what they're doing, the, the style of theater that they're doing is uh, based on kabuki. Right. And within kabuki theater, it's super stylized. Sure. Overly stylized. 
and very dancey and pushes humor and you know that so they actually really use that in this a lot which is kind of why I wanted to do this episode because when yeah. I watched it I was like I can yeah. do the theater episode that's super <laughs> cool um and then also yeah. because I have a little bit of of experience with kabuki very small and okay. uh and just the understanding because I also was um the the makeup that's really exaggerated in this how they yeah. got the, the big cheese that's so kabuki that exaggerated hair right. all of that is part of that too. style of theater so it's kind of cool to just see it being you know manifested in this format it's kind of like oh well that's how they're doing that and i love all the theatricality that they do with the ribbons for the electricity Gen and all that right. stuff it's super cool good stuff yeah, yeah. they, they really that do... stuff wasn't even funny it was just good yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted I, to plug the kabuki thing because yeah. that's... I had known nothing about kabuki. That's extremely fascinating to me. Well, I'll tell you a, a little story, a very short story about kabuki theater. Because there was a troupe of kabuki actors that came through Minneapolis. This was You were a little kid, Calvin, really little. Okay. And I was uh, working at a theater here in Minneapolis that, that they came through. And uh, they were actually from Japan. Oh, wow. And they brought their costumes and their wigs and all the awesome. stuff. So it was authentic kabuki costuming and everything. So uh, one of the actors and what they do, this particular troupe, they toured all over the place. And they bring this stuff with them hmm. wherever they go. And they've been using it for years. And a lot of these things, like uh, the wigs, they'll be used uh, because they have a specific characters that they play. Like they'll sure. have the warrior guy. And so he kind of always uses that same kind of, it's, it's a similar to like Commedia. Commedia So you've got these yeah. different uh, tropey characters yeah. uh, and they all have their kind of thing that makes them them, right? Right. Well, one of the actors had this wig that was falling apart because he'd used oh. it for so many years. Sure. And he was like, can you help me with this? Can you help me fix this? So I rebuilt this wig. <laughs> and there's this actually like a lot of uh, uh, forms, artistic forms in Japan, like um, kanzashi. These are like hmm. old forms of art where you learn, you know, paper folding, origami, things like that. They're, they're even sure. doing it for like you learn it and you master it over a long period of time. So right. wig making for kabuki theater is an art form. It's a, you know, it's right. really super intricate and, and intense. So I'm looking at this thing going, I don't know how to rebuild this, yeah. but I have a way that I think it would work better for huh. you to, you know, as if you're touring with a piece like this, something that would be a lot more long, long lasting. So I better, sure. rebuilt the wig on a felt uh, form and huh. sized it like you know when you wear when you get a hat and they're stiff like a like a cowboy hat and it yeah. feels like that felt feels stiff that's a, a, a thing called sizing on there so sure. it just makes it super stiff so i took a mold of this guy's head and like made him a thing that fit perfectly to his head yeah and uh and then rebuilt the wig and he was super impressed with it when he did oh, cause cool. it was super yeah. easy for him to get on and off and it stayed where he would put it and all, he was just like, this is incredible. And he was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to take this back and maybe they'll actually like start making wigs like this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. Of course they didn't. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it was kind of cool to have that, you know, this person who's been doing kabuki theater for so long right. like, feel really grateful for something that I, you know, created for him so that was kind yeah. of a fun thing that i don't think i ever told you that story so i haven't heard that story yeah. that's really yeah. cool 
Yeah, and it makes sense. Wow. You have that that close connection. Uh, y- you know, had a personal experience with it too. And um, I just want to address like I, I, uh, both of the things that you're saying. Especially, I think it is Katara is one of the things that bugs me the most. And I think it's partially because of some of the fan the uh, fan base opinions that I've heard that are that think that this. Katara is this. And I mm-hmm. think this episode is partially influential in that because as a kid watching this, you're not recognizing the kabuki things or the fact right. that they're doing tropes. You're seeing them lay out what the show is and maybe mm-hmm. not getting all the nuance and going, yeah, Katara did cry and get emotional a lot. And you forget when she like... Although I suppose mm-hmm. you and also, also did just watch the Southern Raiders, which gives mm. Katara a lot of depth and and nuance. But um, it's also like as propaganda, something that I always love about this episode is every single member of the group, except for Toph for some reason, <laughs> yeah. is made to look like they'd be really easy to beat in a fight. Right. Like, oh, they're going to get snuffed out by the Fire Nation. Don't worry. Right. Like, yeah, we see, like, the uh, the Aang defeating, going into the Avatar state. Yeah. But it's even, it's made to look kind of silly, you know? Right. And then, he, and then he falls over. And I don't yeah. think that's on purpose. But still, like, I, I feel like the way that every single person is just made out to look just dumb you know it's like the fire (laughs) nation just really wants people to believe that they're up against nothing right and it gives us that you know the whole like everybody being super mad at the fact that their characters are misrepresenting them so much and then like i keep uh talking about Toph just being represented (laughs) by something she loves i just think that's so funny it's like amazing there's a a reason perfect there's a reason that they did that uh, you know, if from a pro- propaganda perspective, mm-hmm. they don't want people in the Fire Nation to know that people are getting their asses kicked by right, a little girl. Exactly. So right. they mm-hmm. make it this big, huge monster, so that any any kind of information that the All Fire the Nation stories. is getting that says this Toph is super powerful, and they're really like kicking our butts right they don't want anybody to know that that's a child they want them to think of the boulder yeah, they want to right. go oh that's the guy the big so wow i, just I didn't think about that that was really that. interesting that they chose that now that's really interesting too because i'm realizing that like the, most of the feedback that we see is from the gang and they are both personally being portrayed and you know you're going to be more sensitive to seeing yourself portrayed somehow but they're yeah. also all kids so like yeah not understanding all these nuances of like how much of a propaganda play this is and that's that's really interesting i, I think i'm learning to appreciate this episode more i still you know i i, I stand by <laughs> i stand by i think my opinion but i will I, break you i I think my respect is growing. I don't have to necessarily like it (laughs) in the context of the show as much. Um, And there's a couple moments that also I respect a lot that we'll get to. But um, so Katara and Sokka, their characters come across this uh, person frozen in in the iceberg. (laughs) I love that she's like, someone frozen in there, perhaps for a hundred (laughs) years. Okay. And she goes, I'll break him out. Waterbend. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Oh my God. 
And then Aang pops out, and Aang is uh, played by a probably young adult woman. And Aang is, you know, as a little kid, like, I'm not a girl, but also it's called The Boy in the Iceberg. So, you know, there's the character everyone knows is a young boy, but there's something about... I mean, also, uh, Gary, I think you mentioned before we started recording, seeing in the trivia, like... uh, tradition slash you know something that has been used a lot is it's so common adult women playing a a child male um and in the old english like even shakespeare just like men playing women is like a common thing and i think i don't know though i mean that was more about men playing everything everything (laughs) isn't it yeah i was just about to say but is that what that is because that's yeah but this is i like this too because there's a lot of of it's very common for young cartoon show or boys on cartoons to be uh voice acted Bart by Simpson. adult women. Yeah. So quick fun oh, fact yeah. about Kabuki theater again, uh, it started uh, in the early 1600s and it was women and dancers. And it was, oh, wow. that was the form that they created. And by 1629 women were banned from being able to wow. perform kabuki theater and to this day it is men who perform in kabuki oh wow. they play all the, the characters fuck? similar to like the way it was in you know shakespeare uh sure. at the old globe it was men playing all women men. Yeah. and that has never shifted it's still to this day wow they hold that so it's one of those things that you go which is even more yeah. fascinating that it started yeah. as <laughs> i know right it, just, it was completely taken away from them so wow i'm gonna get my little feminist blast oh, in there when please. i please no we, we like it we, <laughs> we like the it. feminist blasts um this is a, a podcast by two <laughs> mid-20s white dudes so like as much <laughs> we need some other as much perspectives as we can get and, here yeah uh, you know we try and talk about that stuff but we don't always have authority that's why you um, got a mother yeah, that's why I got to whenever I'm curious of, hey, is this woman stuff okay? Hey, ma. Hey, ma, what's up? <laughs> um, well, they all agree, the three of them. Well, uh, uh, Aang pops out and says, I'm the Avatar. I'm here to spread joy and fun. So it's like, you know, belittling of yep. what the Avatar is here to do. Appa comes out in a very, like, you know... Uh, traditional Chinese dragon style, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, fun. Um, <laughs> Katara gets emotional again, and she says, this fills me with so much hope, I'm going to tear bend. I love I that, love that line. Too. It's pretty on. funny. It's pretty um, good. And then, and then Sokka. Sokka, I'm getting so hungry, I'm going to tear bend. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> um, oh, it tracks. See, that's the thing. Sokka isn't that different from what Sokka has been. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. Like, and then when we later see them together, and I'm sorry I'm bouncing around so much. It's just uh, kind of what I do around here. Well, also this it. episode, I feel like it's easy, too, because there's not a whole lot yeah, of narrative momentum other than on. recapping. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. When they when he meets the actor playing him, it does feel like they'd be buddies. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, totally. he, they'd yeah. be buddies that Sokka would very quickly be like, he's a dick. You know what I mean by that? Right, yeah. Like, for the first few hours, they would just be like, wow, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And then eventually that guy would just be like, 
I, I don't like that guy. It kind of <laughs> yes. does happen in this episode. Either. Yeah. He kind of gets carried away with his jokes, and uh, I think Sokka doesn't like it as much, maybe. <laughs> well, he is the best cast actor in the Ember Island players. Like, that was the best oh, yeah. match for that yeah. particular troupe of actors. He's like, he just nails it. <laughs> yes. In, in that's world, to in the Fire too. Nation, he's the best cast. Yeah. Sometimes that's like a thing, yep. you know? Yep. Right. You just got your star actor that happens to be the Sokka of the show, you know? Yeah. Um, well, then we are introduced to Zuko in the same way that we were in the very beginning of the show. He's on the ship. He's, I must find the Avatar to regain my honor. And his uncle is there. <laughs> uncle Iroh. He's got a cake. Do you want to try my cake? <laughs> I can't. I must regain my honor. And, uh, he just has a cake. I think that's so funny. He's a full cake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so uh, wanted to point out these actors as well. And this one is very interesting. The person who plays the actor Zuko mm-hmm. is Derek Bosco. And I'm pretty sure that is Dante Bosco who plays Zuko. I'm pretty sure that's his brother. I looked it yeah. up a little bit. I only uh, I had less time before uh, we met up today than I meant. But I tried to look into it a little bit. I can't confirm that. But they got the same last name. They're both uh, of Filipino descent. So I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that's his brother, which is which is really fucking cool. It that's wouldn't dope. surprise me. The, the quality of their voice uh, voices right. are very similar. So I thought it was him. I thought it was him being, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's I uh, that's kind of how I felt about Sokka even at some yes, point. Yes, me too. Because yeah. There there sometimes just feels like that quality of like a a person making fun of the character they've been playing for so long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. The beauty of animation is you could do that. Right. But totally. I like that even more if it's just his brother just like They're all on different him. people. And the person who plays the actor for Uncle Iroh is fucking John DiMaggio. Uh, ben- what? Bender from Futurama and Jake oh, no in way. Adventure Time and like really That's really funny. incredibly successful voice actor yeah, he's great he, he's really he plays two of the the actor characters here he plays uncle iroh and he plays toff oh which, funny <laughs> which is funny pretty perfect and, and funny um <laughs> wow those are not his usual like i mean not to say that he has a usual voice i think there's just the bender voice that you always recognize when it comes up in other shows or movies you're like that's the bender guy right but he has like a whole arsenal of like voices and very successful these are two that i would have never placed on him that's so cool to me i just realized we never got back to uh something and i just want to bring up the fact that uh my mom actually knows the person who does the voice for naruto Miley Flanagan. Did you not know that, Gary? Is that not some piece that you like picked I've up at some point? I feel like I've known that that there's a family connection in some way, yeah. but I didn't know it was. I'm now talking to the person who knows Naruto. Yeah, so you've got that, like you know, six degrees of separation. Right. No, man, you only got two. <laughs> oh, that's so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's Miley Flanagan, and uh, I've known Miley since uh, before Calvin was born. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, iconic she's one of my voice. dearest friends last time i was in la i stayed with her and her wife lisa yeah that's one of the few shows i've watched japanese with sub and then the english dub mm-hmm. and been like this dub is good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. naruto is good and this actually is good. come to think of it that is another example of a young male character being played Playing by, by, a, played by, a woman. Played by yeah i'm really glad this woman. came full circle yeah. um 
And perfect timing. You're welcome. I'm an incredible host. <laughs> Man, he's been planning this all along. Um, well, Zuko sees his own portrayal of himself on stage. And he's like, that's nothing like me. He's so stiff and humorless. <laughs> and Katara's like, I don't know. That's kind of kind of how Because it. also, he was, especially in the first season, a pretty stiff and humorless character. Um, but he says, how could you say that? And then uh, Iroh says... <laughs> Says something to him. The character Iroh says something to character Zuko, and then character Zuko goes, "How could you say that?" In the exact same way, and uh, it's pretty it's perfect. Great. And Zuko's just yeah, kind of like, yeah. "Yeah." And at yeah. that point, and from that point on, Zuko's feelings change from everyone else's feelings right. to being really bummed out. Yeah, yeah. everyone else is mad well, about how their character is being portrayed. Yes. Exactly, he yeah. actually sees it, and he's like. No, yeah, I see myself in this and it sucks. Yep. Where everyone right. else is like, I don't see myself. That's what sucks. He's like, I do. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts yeah. real bad. And that's kind of like, now I'm thinking about just media in general. Like, when you uh, watch things as human beings, watching movies, watching plays, watching TV, you put yourself into the character's shoes. And sometimes you see yourself in these characters. And sometimes when you do, it makes you bummed out right <laughs> sometimes sure. you are like they're trying to like you'll watch a movie about your generation and be like this is just this sucks they're trying to be the voice of a you know a person born in the 90s and it feels like someone who's born in the 40s wrote it or something you know <laughs> right and it's like this does not work and uh i don't know that's kind of interesting i'm thinking about that right now well, um, maybe it's not on purpose but good theater will give you uh will reflect society back to the audience Yes. And that hopefully you're seeing something of yourself in it if it's good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of these moments where I think Zuko, because he actually is seeing himself, but it's just mm-hmm. like that's the power of theater. That's one of the things that it can be really um, it, it's, a, it's a tool for, for social change. Yeah. Right. If it's done right. <laughs> right, absolutely right which and this uh, is like the opposite of that right well <laughs> yeah. i mean this is propaganda hopefully it's hopefully it's not changing anybody's minds in the fire nation audience because yeesh. i mean they all they all seem pretty well programmed though they cheer and laugh at the yeah, right moments yeah. and everything yes. yeah they're fully in the matrix i forgot to bring up one voice actor when they were introduced uh the person who plays ang the actor who plays ang yeah the actor who plays the actor who plays ang <laughs> is <laughs> rachel Drotch of snl fame of she's been on 30 rock and bob's burgers and okay. i mean extreme if you don't recognize her name look up look her up and you will see her face and be like oh my god i've seen her in a million things she's one of the funniest right like comedic actors out there like she's cool. so so good and it's just yeah so and that also makes me go you know, recap episodes play the role of like kind of feel like. Oh, she's Debbie Downer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's like. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm, I hate, her up, Gary? I'm sure yeah. she hates that. I'm sure she hates <laughs> that. That is like the thing that people probably do say. But like, yeah, am I doing this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. She's so funny. Um, oh, 
I but love her too. the fact that a recap episode and it's again it's like higher respect but i don't necessarily have to like it the fact that recap episodes kind of feel like you know something to just throw together like clips or like a clip show episode like i remember the scrubs one where they just threw together a bunch of like went down memory lane or whatever and right. it feels like a low effort episode they put in so much production and there's a lot of really cool animation and design in this and they got yeah. a cast of like a lot of really really successful voice actors and just actors in the field to it's really be in this episode they put a lot of work into it yeah. to make like a mock recap episode that still functions mm-hmm. as just like a recap episode and doesn't necessarily fulfill like a storyline thing so like i respect that a lot that they're kind of making holy shit and gary we've been recognizing how season three has had so many like Cinematic homages. It. Okay, fuck. This I think I might like another this episode. One. God damn it. <laughs> uh, we are breaking you in and we're not even done yet. Yeah, we're, we're barely even into I it. I love the animation of just like the way they have the sets yeah. moving yes. and yes. like, you know, making the fire come out of the floor and all that yep. stuff Everything is so feels cool. Practical. And I just want to go like, oh, I want to see what that looks like in real life because right. that I is the kind the of stuff thing. that Kabuki Theater would do is using those oh. kinds of you know, theatrical. Um, There's a lot of comedic bits, but also most of yeah. it being just like, this is cool theater shit. Yeah. Like theater people would just be like drooling over any of this live. Yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the fire yeah. bending, we haven't even gotten to it yet. So I'll let Calvin continue. <laughs> um, well, we're kind of hopping around. So it's, it's, you know, I feel like the points will get uh, quicker and quicker, but um, uh, uh I, I'm just going to point out the other actors so that we can sort of just touch on moments and I don't have to like wait until. Um, and also the next moment I was going to bring up is Momo, the Momo puppet. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> yes. just I like, hi, everybody, which is uh, <laughs> kind of funny, but got to have a puppet. D. Bradley Baker, we know, does all the like animal sounds on this show. He also plays two of the characters in this. He plays the actor Boomy and the actor Jet. So they brought D. Bradley oh, Baker wow. in to uh He's do just a, few a great impressionist oh, he's because incredible. I genuinely always think that's just Boomy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it sounds so much like Boomy. And then there's a couple words in there where I'm like, maybe it's Boomy's voice actor doing something a little different. Yeah. I'm now realizing how great this is because that's just D. Bradley Baker being like, he's Yeah, so I can good. sound exactly like an animal. And I can also sound exactly like you, you know? <laughs> right. right. Um, then you've also got Tara Strong, who plays the actor Azula's voice. And she's only been on the show one time, one other time, um, when she gave voice to Tom Tom, the baby from Return to Omashu. When, the, like, the baby <laughs> So she's, like, the she baby plays, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... So the, she has two credits, and it's a baby and I'm glad she <laughs> gets actor to. Azula. Um, and then this is actually coming up here in a second, uh, so I'll just say it right now. Jenny Kwan, who plays Suki, plays yeah. actor Yue, <laughs> which is kind That's of funny oh, because they have that yes. moment where yeah. they, you know, show the scene of <laughs> yeah. actor Sokka and actor Yue, like, you know, having their, <laughs> yeah. one of yeah. my their moment. That um, makes me laugh so hard. I have important moon duties to attend to. <laughs> <laughs> that alone... That's all I need. I laugh yeah. so hard. But then Sokka says, 
Have you eaten pickled, pickled fish? fish? Is that what he yeah. says? Yeah, or, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. Yeah. And then as she's drifting off, as and you're yes, thinking that was the I joke. I did she, eat pickled fish. I did fish. eat pickled fish. <laughs> Makes it funny again. Yep. Brings it back. I always have respect for a joke that just keeps going and, and works until it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but I, I did miss just before that. We've got our first sort of like specific peek to the backstage goings on. Like, mm-hmm. I love we have this older man who has like a sheet of He's metal like, and yep. the, he, waiting he hears his cue defender. and he goes, oh, yep. and then he like wobbles it. Yeah. And it's it's when the uh, it's just for effect when Ang was captured by apparently, according to them, Zuko. And then the blue spirit shows up yes. and frees him from Zuko. Which right. is a cool, I like that little, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, not everything's totally accurate because. Yep. And also, it, uh, Laura made me realize now, thinking about what you were saying with Toph's character, they're not going to show us uh, General Zhao because he failed. Right. They're Correct. not going to show us a failing general. They're going to show us that Zuko's the reason yep. that that failed because right. Zuko is a failure. Yep. Right. Drives home his failure, makes the Fire Nation look good. Every, Crazy. Yeah, all the ways that the Fire Nation fails is pinned on Zuko. Yeah, yeah. totally. And the Blue Spirit is literally just it. a giant headed right. Blue Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we have the quick moment of Jet and Katara being like, oh, Jet, you're so bad. And like... Uh, <laughs> He's the bad yeah. boy trope. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then actually, here's a moment I respected a lot. That there's a couple moments... There's two moments in particular that I noticed that I recognized from doing this show and looking into it were comments on fan reception. They're Mm. flying and they go, look, it's the Great Divide, one of the nation's largest, like most recognizable land features. Well, let's just keep on flying. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) And they just skip right over it because they know that everyone fucking hated that episode. That's hysterical. That's awesome. That's great. This whole thing almost felt to me while I was watching it. I wanted to look it up, and I know that this came out later because this show came out like very quickly. Yeah, this whole thing almost feels like it's making fun of M Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender because of how poorly cast and sure. like how that like how Katara is written on that show, right? And, like or on that movie. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that movie came out way after it the show. Was so. Way after. Yeah, way after. You would um, think he would have seen this episode. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> uh, we've got the UA moment. We've got the Koizilla <laughs> moment where he's wearing the thing, Koizilla. which uh, that is canonically I, I what, what they yeah. call it, which is so cool. <laughs> really um, which also I very much uh, related to because in my final show in the BFA program at the Guthrie, I played like four different. It was just me in a hot suit, like playing a puppet thing and then ripping it off and going, <laughs> That's right. and then putting on another thing and like yeah. doing shit like that. But then we get our first uh, commercial break, which leads to our first intermission of the show, which is after season yeah, one. It. So it's all kind of, you know, lining up in that way. Sokka's talking about how he just has bad jokes about food. He's like, I have bad jokes about plenty of topics. Or Suki <laughs> says that, actually. I have, uh... Anyway. Um, and then, you know, they're all complaining. Aang is disappointed that he's played by a lady. Uh, Katara says, I'm portrayed by the, as this, like, preachy crybaby who gives speeches of hope all the time. And ev- <laughs> the gang's all kind of like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another moment where I'm like, 
it feels like not only are they like doing the trope in the play, but they're like reinforcing it of the characters being mm-hmm. like, yes, that is the role that you play. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, she's so much more interesting than that. Give her credit. Totally. <laughs> Um, I agree yeah. with you on and that co- one. You, especially coming right after an episode where right. <laughs> she did the opposite of that. Like, right. Yeah. She yeah. went to go kill a man and had to like <laughs> yeah. overcome uh, vengeful like right. feelings of rage yeah. to be able to center herself and become a better person. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but, you know, in, in the looking back part of this, you do get to see the the progression of that character because – right because of that juxtaposition of what you just talked about, we just saw her being this badass and, and sure. you know, having all these like very mature moments and mm-hmm. she didn't start out like that. It's been a progression. So yeah, it does true. give you an opportunity to go, no, she, she isn't yeah. like that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just yeah. wish that these guys would be like, one of them would be like, you're not like that. Tara. <laughs> right. But at the same time, right. that wouldn't, <laughs> they are all kind of assholes to each other sometimes, you know, yeah. especially in this episode. It is just like when another member of my family was on the podcast, when Tucker came on to talk about Sokka's <laughs> master and, uh, um. and, um, um, he was saying like, why doesn't the gang say to Sokka, like, you play way more of a role in this group than just sarcasm and right. totally, you know. It would just be nice. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. just like, the yeah. friends. And they recognize nice to each that. other. But we do get, in my opinion, a really beautiful friend moment. And what I realized was uh, Toph and Zuko's mm-hmm. little episode. Yeah. yeah. They didn't get their own episode right. together. No, they didn't. So oh, we get it right wow. here in a little one-minute segment. Because when you think about it, what would they do? You know, mm-hmm. Toph doesn't have anything she needs to do to finish her character arc except like maybe tell her parents off one more time or something i don't know <laughs> right and but zuko needs to hear some words from her that she heard because she's met iroh before well this right. is and she's the moment you're talking known about some things is at the second is that later it, it is at the second it's, intermission apologize it's a three act play no worries i i think it's all uh really good stuff that you're bringing up um uh, I just there there's so many little moments I just want to briefly touch on as we go through. Do um, it. I I love that Toph is the one who's like, I know you're all disappointed, but this writer is incredible, and what I'm sorry <laughs> to say, what you're seeing is the truth. And then they 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 walk in, and then Toph's like, Ah, here comes me. And then this giant dude comes up. I'm Toph because it sounds like tough. And <laughs> and Katara's like, Ah, what do you think? Like that's not you. And she's like, I'm portrayed by a giant buff dude. Like this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> she's like, That's <laughs> she my vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I love. <laughs> when they uh i so you're blind right well yeah i'm blind but not totally blind i don't see like you do i give out a sonic wave <laughs> and he just turns yes. right his face. <laughs> yeah gary it's like that it's like a dinosaur screech even it's not it's even like that. It's, unbelievable. Yes, it's, it's hysterical it's i wrote that down so too. good like sonic wave very funny and then, and then there's just a moment of silence after after he does that, and then he just goes, "Well, got a pretty good look at you." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I think that was perfect, Gary. Yeah. Um, 
we get a check back in with actor Zuko, and here's a hair moment because he's like, "We need to talk about your hair," and then it just cuts to him and his hair is, which is another which meta joke. You and I have been doing of. the whole podcast, right. basically being <laughs> yeah. like, "We know how hair. old he is because his hair is getting longer." Yeah, right. you know, it's, it's just blowing yeah. in the wind. Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, and then Zuko says, I think it's best for us to split up and, you know, gives us that context. This is when it uh, we see starts to drive home that shame in Zuko. Right. Is mm-hmm. like yes. Because yeah. this moment. Yeah. Yes. When he left his uncle. Yeah. I mean, well, first we check in with Azula and uh, we've got the whole drill sequence, which is the second meta comment because apparently another very, very low rated episode was the drill. For some reason, people just didn't really tune in for that episode. It was very low rated. People didn't like it. And the audience (laughs) is falling asleep while they're doing drilling into the wall. That is so funny. That's so smart. Because I thought of it like, why are they falling asleep during this? It's a and that's so interesting comment. that that is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really funny. That's yep. very clever. But I like the drill. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, and I think it, it's smart. Again, we get the like stage hands, yeah. like making the smoke and oh, I love it. dressed in all black, which is another sort Stagecraft. of. Stagecraft. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yep. get you a little see backstage what's happening. Yeah. A little peek behind the curtain. That's right. Um, we see Jet, who's been brainwashed, and then this was another meta comment where they they just like drop the float this like foam yep. rock cover down on him, and he has to like, I know my mom and I, my mom and I both have had moments where it's like there's something like that, and you gotta like try and you gotta work your way over there to make Play it work, it and then yep. he like crawls under the rock, and then Sokka <sighs> saying to Zuko. Did Jet just Did die? Jet die? I'm not sure. That was really unclear. <laughs> and like, that's a comment on the, so good. You know, what it's happened so good. in the show. It's, yeah. God damn it. I think I like this fucking episode. Okay. <laughs> Katara and Zuko. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to move on to my next note. I don't want to address my own feelings. Katara and Zuko. Uh, oh, they're convening in the crystal catacombs yeah and this is where the only real like full arc story moment gets sort of put forward as Mm -hmm. katara says uh basically they are portraying them to be flirting with each other like katara and zuko and she says i don't feel like the avatar i don't feel that way about the avatar he's like a little brother to me and ang gets frustrated and he stands up he walks out, uh, not before Sokka can go, oh, are you leaving? Can you get me some fire flakes? <laughs> and again, like maintaining the hungry thing. And then he like settles in with Suki and like puts his arm around her. And then he like rips his arm away and goes, oh, oh. And if they have some fire gummies, get some of those too. And then just sits back and Suki <laughs> looks at him like, do you not realize like what, like you are exactly. And he's just watching the play. Doesn't even notice He's her. in it at this point. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's a moment in that when uh, Katara character on the stage mm-hmm. and and Zuko, where it's so obnoxious that she has that slit in her skirt like all the way up to her hip. <sighs> yeah, God. You know, it's oh. just, but it's it's one of those things where if you're looking at it through the lens of Kabuki, it's like yeah, right. you all these exaggerated things. But here's one teeny tiny little thing that I went, oh, that's such a great little addition. Yeah, you can see her um, her undergarment. 
Oh, really? Yeah. They, they <laughs> When she's being all like sexy and flirty with him, yeah. they show a, a thing of her leg and you can see just a little bit of her when you like dance pants or whatever that actor would be wearing. Oh, interesting. And I was just like, that's an interesting little like detail that they put in there because it's just theater. Right. You know, and that's the kind of shit that happens is sometimes your slip is showing. Sure. And that they yeah. would put something like wow. that in. I thought that was really interesting to just Attention show again these moments of theatricality. Yeah, you can't every that's the thing I always think about on that you can easily forget in animation is it's not like we just set these guys up and started filming them and <laughs> right. yeah. every little the detail. little little yeah. accidents were accidents. There was, no, yeah, they somebody were made that decision to to put that tiny little detail in there. So it just that's really cool. You just know that there was there were so many people who had experience experience in actual oh. theatrical totally. you know, totally. performance yeah. involved yeah. in this because yep. so much of it strikes so home. Yeah. And those little details. That's really that's really cool. Um we get to this important moment for Zuko where he sees the choice laid out between him mm-hmm. before him, the character Zuko and He's got character Azula and character Iroh in front of him. And it's like, you can choose loyalty or treachery. And Iroh goes, choose treachery. It's much more fun. <laughs> and Zuko goes up to him. And actual, like, real Zuko has to watch himself, like, push his uncle away and yeah. say, you smell and I hate you. Which is funny and stylized, but... Yeah, the, the fact I shouldn't that, even be laughing because it makes me feel bad in the moment yeah. and laugh at the same time. It's pretty crazy. And the fact that Katara turns to him and she's like, did you really like say that to him? Yeah, and he just yeah. says, I might as well have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, like it uh, takes a moment yeah. that's like, that's kind of ridiculous and makes it like, wow. It, yeah, um, really driven home. And uh then we get the like overtaking of the Earth Kingdom again. Very like propaganda. Like look how easy mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm. You've got May and Ty Lee and May very anime with like the sword sticking out of her buns. Yep. Uh, on top of her head. I love <laughs> the, the way they <laughs> choreograph it. What? I love the way they choreograph it with the sword mm-hmm. on the yes. on the line. Right. She like. Yeah, like just like opens her hand and it. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just awesome. I love that shit. Tylee just goes up and like pokes someone and they fall over. (laughs) And then character Aang, (laughs) they think he go. They think Yip Yip is. This is how that it's used. Avatar state. Yip Yip. And then she like. And this is a, a really cool. Another, like, sort of how would they do this theatrically moment. They have yes. some sort of, like, glow-in-the-dark makeup that yeah, yeah. Um, she's put, put over her like eyes. Black light, and on the, yeah, yeah. And the lights <laughs> the go out. Avatar universe. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, floats up. You know, you got some some wire work going on. <laughs> some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gets flown up. Azula gets flown up and releases and i think this is the first time we see the ribbons that we were referring yes. to yes so cool like a lightning a light blue lightning ribbon mm-hmm. that goes and hits him and he falls down and that's the end of act two uh <laughs> katara or uh not katara suki says it's kind of good i uh, i'm here now because it seems like you guys kind of lose a lot <laughs> and they're <laughs> they're like yeah you know whatever Sokka tries to stand up for them um, I forget exactly what he says, but he says something that kind of challenges Suki. And she just very calmly says, 
are you trying to get on my bad side? And Sokka's just like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Clearly, like, she could kick his ass. And I like that that's another detail that we've seen played out throughout the show, but that they're just sort of, they notice the little things that they need to make sure to reinforce before we close this thing out in this last sort of episodic episode. Like the fact that Aang has been training firebending. And like a little thing, like we've seen Suki be badass, but in the past few episodes, she's sort of just been part of the gang. And now mm-hmm. they're just making sure to remind you, like, no, she kicks ass. She's like a trained yeah. fucking warrior. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget I can fuck you up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Katara asks if anybody's seen Aang, and uh, they think she says she's going to go look for him out on the balcony. She finds him there. Aang says, I hate this play. And Katara says, it kind of seems like you're overreacting. And uh, Aang says, no, like, I'm really, really mad. If I hadn't blocked my chakra, I'd probably be in the Avatar state right now, which is another, like, reminder of how things work in the world, reminder of events that happened. um, Well expressed just in the moment through something that occurs to him. Um, Before we continue that scene, we cut back to... Suki and Sokka. Sokka's like, hey, I want to go give this the actor Sokka some notes. Do you think you can get me backstage? And Suki's like, I am an elite warrior who has been trained for years and years in the art of stealth. Yeah, I think I could get you back there. Um, it's great. And this is when we have the moment that you were referring to, Gary, which is I didn't even realize basically Toph and Zuko's little away thing. Yep. That's that's because a really good way to put it. As far as uh like every character is concerned, Zuko is what they knew about him. Right. And these little episodes that they each get with him is how they can now know him as Zuko, the guy I went to break out my dad from prison with. Zuko right. the you know what I mean? And this is now Zuko realizing that Toph is the girl who met my uncle right. and mm-hmm. got to talk to him mm-hmm. and I and she's it's it's I don't know. I I almost like this as much as any of those episodes in total, just because it's such a beautiful little moment about connection. And this kind of stuff is like real world stuff, too, not just in the Avatar universe. You know, sometimes you find out that, you know, one of your folks said something about you to one of your friends. And then your friend is like, hey, did you know that your brother, maybe or your mom or something said this about you? And you're like, Wow, I had no idea they felt that way. (laughs) Right, yeah. Some of my favorite stuff in the world is shit like that. It's just like people don't always tell you what what you need to hear. They might tell someone else. Or maybe you weren't listening, which is the case with Zuko. Is Mm -hmm. Iroh basically has been telling him the stuff he told Toph his whole time with him, but Zuko was never listening before. And getting it reaffirmed by Toph, I think, is what really makes him go, oh, shit, you're right. Like, he would be super proud of me right now. She's able to give him that context. And I think it's so important, actually, because we've seen so many ways that Toph is important to the group just because in so many different scenarios, they wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the shit that they've been able to do. She's gotten them out of circumstances. She's helped them accomplish certain things. But she's also important to the dynamic of the group in a lot of little ways. But the biggest way, I think, is bringing Zuko in to 
like complete the group You're so by right. including mm-hmm. Zuko because everyone else had the entirety of season one where he was so much more directly a villain to them. Right. Toph not only didn't didn't have those experiences with him, she had the experience of meeting this random, kind, kind, beautiful man, Iroh, mm-hmm. and then finding out that Zuko was is is his nephew when she meets him. So already she has a completely different understanding yeah. of him. Which is why she even went to him to try and convince him when he burns her right. feet. And right. It's like, why would she even do that if he was such a, oh, but she doesn't have she that experience him. with him. So, yeah. yeah. In a different way. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, and then they conclude the conversation by uh, Toph punches him in the arm, and he goes, "Ow!" Like legitimately, "Ow!" She's like, "No, her punches hurt." That's just how really I show bad. affection. Yeah. And I like that too. Like even yeah. though she legitimately hurt him, and you shouldn't hurt people. Like maybe she she should lighten up a little bit. But different people show affection in different ways. I don't know. I like that. Too. Yep. In this universe, I think it's okay for Toph to punch anyone she wants. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and then the scene finally ends by a kid coming up and being like, "Hey, you look like Zuko, except your scars on the wrong side." He says, "No, no, <laughs> the scars on the right side." Um. Maybe think of Comic Con, you know, like how people oh, just show up with, you know, costumes yeah. like their favorite character. And I'm like, oh, totally. that's kind of fun that they that they put that into here because you know totally. people go to Comic Con in these characters. Yeah, and it makes right? them yeah. safe too. Yeah. They right. can just be there. Yeah. It's like the next scene when you see Aang, he's thrown off his hat. Right. And he could just leave it off. He's fine because of how many people are running around right. with bald sure. caps totally. with an arrow totally. on it. Right. Uh, well, Sokka gets backstage. Uh, he finds the actor. The actor's like, uh, can I help great. you? And Sokka's like, actually, I think I can help you. <laughs> he pulls out a bunch <laughs> of like jokes he has written on cards and stuff. We've um, all wanted to do this. You know, let's be yeah. honest. There's been a movie or a play or a show where you're like, I've got notes. But uh, that's not, you know, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, you don't. There's never a situation where what Sokka does here works. And that's why this <laughs> is so does. funny. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. it does work. Right. The guy's like, wait, yeah, that's, that's not actually bad. pretty funny. He actually likes him. <laughs> and the joke is terrible. Like, we see Suki in the background being like, oh, that and one then didn't she's land. Like, wait, He's about what? to get rejected. Yeah. And then they walk off and he puts his arm around him and everything. Right. It's great. <laughs> um yeah, and they so easily could have made the joke of he doesn't think that the actual Sokka's jokes are funny, but mm-hmm. they just went, I don't know, they went that way. We get back to Aang and Katara outside, and Aang's like, did you, uh, do you mean that when you said that you don't think of me that way, you think of me like a brother? And she's like, I didn't say that. An actor said that. And he's right. like, well, do you... Do you feel that way? And she's like, I, I don't know, Aang. This scene is like super talked about, especially amongst people who don't agree with the Aang Katara relationship in general. And I will admit, understandable. It frustrates me. Yeah, um, me too. Aang says he's a little kid here. Yeah. He oh, acts yeah. Like yeah. One. Totally. Exactly. He's that. just acting like a child here. Yeah. And it's hard to watch. Yeah. As an adult. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Like he, read the room, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big time. You know, he says, at the invasion, we kissed, and I thought we were going to be together, and we're just not. And, you know, he wasn't able, even in that moment, 
when he did kiss her at the at the invasion, she kind of she blushes and she looks away and it's not kind it's not like a oh, it's like a I'm not sure about this right away. And he yeah, didn't pick he up on that. Her. He's mm. been thinking about it like we kissed. I thought we were going to be together. Yes. But again, this is even as wise as Aang can be. He's fucking 12, <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. Um. So Katara is just saying, I don't know. The, uh, this is just not the right time. There's a war going on. There's so much going on. I just don't have the ability to like even think about this right now. And he's like, well, when is the right time? She's like, I don't know. I'm I'm just confused, okay? And he takes that. And I. it's frustrating because it's so hard to watch in a certain light. It's like, no, don't fucking do that. But also as a kid, you could see an immature young person seeing this and being like, you're confused. Well, I remember the kiss being super nice. Let's kiss again and maybe you'll recognize that this is super nice and like you won't be as confused because it will be nice. But it's just the wrong fucking thing to do. And he goes in and he kisses her and she backs away and she's like, Ang, I just said that I don't know and that I'm confused. I'm going inside now. And oh, I do also I, I um relate to the moment Aang has after she goes inside where he takes his hat off and he just goes, oh, stupid. Like, he recognizes. I'm really glad that they have that. Yeah. I think I think this scene just has aged in a little way. Yes. And I think it would be it would play a little better maybe if she somehow stopped the kiss or right. the kiss didn't happen. Because for me, it's like, as much as messages are important to get across, images can be triggering. And sure. that sequence is just a little bit like, yeah, now I'm a little bit out of it yeah. because I'm like mad at a character I don't like right. to be mad at, you know? Right. But him being mad at himself immediately after and her not just being like, it's okay. No, mm -hmm. she's just like, that not right not now. Cool. It's too soon. She doesn't say anything like that. She walks off. And she's mad at him. And then when he gets back in, she's not looking at him. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's handled better than you would expect after it goes, like it happens and you're like, oh, yeah. and then they handle it pretty well. It's a very I human moment. Oh yeah, I agree. You know, and it and it shows the fallibility of of people and you know, we don't always even though you're the hero, you aren't always going to make the right choice. And I right, think that yep. that's not a terrible message for kids to get that oh, sometimes you make bad choices and it's still going to be okay. You know, like Right. Yeah. Cuz it does it does end up being okay. But right. um mm -hmm. yeah, it can't always be that they do the right thing. So. Right. And it almost feels a little bit like commentary on the uh idea of like you know people watching the show are like why aren't you together yet what's the mm -hmm. deal here are you gonna right. kiss are you gonna be together you know and it's like showing you as a viewer if you're thinking that it's like, way more there's a there's a war going on yeah <laughs> right hold up you know that's the thing i always like whenever i'm watching this episode when she says that i'm just like jeez yeah, yeah. right like the world is either about to end <laughs> Or you're about to save the like right. the end, yeah. the biggest right. war for the last hundred years, one or the other. Like <laughs> it's not the best time up. to be like, "Hey, you want to like kiss? <laughs> you want to make <laughs> like, out? <laughs> yeah. No, um, no, I do not. 
Well, Aang gets back inside and he's like, what did I miss? And Sokka recap, which is just kind of perfect for what they're doing with this episode because you probably watched those episodes more recently too. He's like, you grew your hair back. Katara was the painted lady. He mentions like one other thing and he's like, yeah, and you're basically up to date. Now we're at the the invasion. And of course he walks right in at the scene where character Katara and character Aang, (laughs) she's like, I love you like a brother. And they like (laughs) hug in a like, you know, platonic way. And Aang just kind of puts his head in his hands (laughs) <laughs> character Sokka asks character Toph hey do you would you say you and Aang have a rocky relationship <laughs> Sokka just goes ballistic <laughs> that's my joke that's my joke I love it slapow <laughs> kickapow kick yeah fucking yeah um well then uh they make it to the palace. The characters do. Nobody's there, which is exactly how it went down. Except this is not exactly how it went down. Zuko is there. And he's like, I'm here and I want to join you. And they're all just like, well, I guess we have no choice. And they just <laughs> it's, run it's off together. Song. And now they've yeah. joined forces, which anybody in the audience should be like, hey, what the fuck? But, the, you know, it's sort of the stylized nature of it. Um, but now they're like, wait, but that's basically where we are now. So what is this? And Sokka goes, mm. is this the future? <laughs> and they do write it as a propaganda yeah. play to show yeah. like the Fire Nation will win. Yeah. We see the Fire Lord. He's got the energy from the comet, which is another like, you know, thing yeah. flying from the, the cool. catwalks uh, at the top of the stage. Um, and he tells Azula, you go take care of Zuko and I'll fight the Avatar. And we get this face off, which is kind of interesting. I mean, we kind of know it's coming. And if you haven't seen the next episodes, I just think it's interesting knowing that, sorry, little spoiler, Zuko and Azula will have a face off basically just like this. Um, but that is also kind of imminent. These two forces need to... Mm -hmm have uh, a conclusion um yeah, it's been building right and they have this really awesome like choreographed so cool. ribbon fight mm-hmm. and the way the fire comes up we've talked about that and <laughs> zuko dies and he goes down yelling honor <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny that that's that made me laugh yeah. real hard that's really funny and then character ang gets to character fire lord and Fire Lord says, it's too late. I'm unstoppable. And I love actually during this fight, they sort of bring it home a little bit. They take some of the like percussion that is used in actual real heightened fighting moments, especially the sort of clack, 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 mm-hmm. the, the sort of mm-hmm. clacking, yeah. uh, clicking percussion. Mm-hmm. And Aang is defeated. And the Fire Lord says, the world is mine. And the entire audience gets up and applauds. Yay! Aang being defeated is also the longest. Oh, my God. No! Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yes. The camera pulls back. Right, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. shot from above. And then that's it. They're walking out from the play, and they just say, that wasn't a very good play. And then mm-hmm. Sokka says, the effects were decent. Fade to white. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yep. And that's it. That's yeah. it. the end of the episode. Boom. And I think the ending of the episode is also something that has left a bad taste in my mouth before. Because I'm just like, 
didn't even really do anything. But like, I respect all of the meta shit. I think I've come around to like this episode all right. I think <laughs> I baseline like all of Avatar so much that mm-hmm. even though I think now I can say I like this, it's still way below most episodes of the show. I can, agree. I can I agree understand with that. that. Yeah. I can understand that for sure. Because it's not what Avatar is. Right. You know? It's this is a it feels like a different show for a second. But then I don't know. It's just funny you know, yeah. to me. I it, it 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 works in a similar way to uh other filler episodes, but has more thematic value. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're not filler episodes because there are very few of those like the fortune teller or whatever right um but yeah i really uh i really dig this i like Sokka. Sokka's last line just reminds me of walking out of uh any movie that i don't like (laughs) nowadays i saw like that was bad but the yeah it was a movie big old movie (laughs) right you know the effects were good i guess yeah (laughs) right yeah i I don't particularly like the way it ends either it's sort of like yeah you couldn't have even just like a panning moment where you go up to ang's face or something like that to just see how how what kind of emotion he's walking away from the theater with right like just just like they just sort of walk off into the night so yeah that's a missed moment yeah, for, for them sure. to be able to have wrapped Absolutely. some some kind of emotional moment up for the characters. And I get with the comedic episode, they want to put a little comedic button on the end. Mm-hmm. But it would have just been. I feel like I would never have been like, I hate this episode, <laughs> if it had ended with like something that really drove Driving something the home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is propaganda, and the like, because they kind of have a moment where they show. The ch- crowd cheering and their reaction. They're just like, like oh, jeez. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. But then there's, that's not the end. If the end was them all being like, that was really scary. Like, do you think that's actually going to happen? And like having a conversation about like, no, like we can do this. And then Aang's face being like indifferent. Right. <laughs> I, one, I one thing I do think this episode gave us quite a lot of is choices uh, for our... Kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many goofy moments, so many things that we could appreciate as adults that are, you know, funny in a light. Like, like a lot of the theater stuff, I think works very well comedically, but might not be classified as a kid moment, right? Because like a kid might not be like, "That's awesome" or "That's silly," <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. I think, and some of the kid moments I don't even want to talk about because the reason they're kid moments is because of how immature they right. are. You know what I mean? I will say I think a moment that anyone can appreciate and that a kid would love is the sonic wave that character yes. Toph gives yes. out. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking that, good. I think that might just be it. Like that might already win. I'm looking I over the other ones a, I've marked. A better kid moment in the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. except Definitely maybe kid. Zuko yelling "Honor" yeah. as he falls. <laughs> but that Sonic. No, I laughed out loud makes... at that very yeah. much. So, but I also laughed out loud at um, tear bending. That really tear bending was, was like pretty good. Okay, yeah, yeah that got me too. I don't think it's of the same. Yeah, maybe caliber a little as, kid as might the, not the have the same. Yeah, totally. Oh, that Sonic Wave thing would make a seven-year-old laugh their ass oh, yeah. off and yeah. 
like anyone anyone anyone, <laughs> anyone. anyone, anyone yeah. would laugh their ass off yeah. if you don't laugh at that i now get where your gauge is for comedy and won't watch comedy <laughs> <Yeah>. with you <laughs> right yeah all right well uh i think we can all agree we uh we give it to the toff sonic wave uh yep. congratulations Score! congratulations sonic wave well, uh, I'm begrudgingly glad for this discussion <laughs> that I've changed. That has changed my mind. Thank you both for uh, helping me through a process of. I really thought I was just gonna like rip this one apart, but uh, damn it, I respect it. Yeah, um, it's you know, right. it's not a it's not a ten. It's not a ten out of ten. Right? No, it's yeah. like certainly a, you not. Know, it's a like a good it reaches seven, seven, and seven maybe. Yeah. yeah, and it holds on. Yeah. It doesn't firmly grasp it. Right. Yeah, it holds on. Uh, and I think it was a perfect episode. I think, uh, Mom, you clocked it perfectly as something that uh, would be very fun for you to talk about. And I, uh, I I think this was a perfect one to have you on for. And, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just happy you got to be on the show. Thanks for joining yeah. us. This me was too. super fun. Thanks for inviting me. I really had a good time. And I'm awesome. really proud of you guys for just what you're doing. This is a really cool just, you know, endeavor. And I Thanks, like to mom. I like to listen to you guys talk and stuff. So <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Um you can <laughs> check out uh the amazing work that my mom is doing in the community. You can check out Mintac, M N T A C um, do you want to talk about the the website at all? You don't have to describe sure. well, it all. But well, like Mintac, just, uh... Mintac is just where the theater community is working on creating uh, what we call the Minnesota Theater Safety Standards. And mm-hmm. it's a document that's just really all about making sure that um, people are taking care of each other and that organizations are doing what they can to make sure that they're following best practices. So Mintac.org will give you all the information that you want. That link will be in the description as well. If you want to just uh, click on that, any any uh, uh, podcast site should have the, uh, the link in the description. So be sure to check that out. You can also go to legendary4.com to check out all of the episodes of this show. You can uh, follow us to be notified of episodes on social media at New Lens Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can also check out our other podcast where we do uh, actual play Dungeons and Dragons. That show is called Legendary Four Adventures Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Uh, those episodes are all also on legendary4.com. We want to send out a huge thank you to Safina. I can't say her name right, but I do want to thank her. Thank you, Safina Sago, uh, for our podcast art. And uh, also, if you're able to donate, check out that list of places that you can donate to to help out the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Those links are always in the description as well. And uh, more than anything, I just want to thank you all for listening. I'm Calvin. I'm Gary. And I'm Laura. And this has been a new...